0: come on guys we turned out okay the modern parents guide to old school parenting
1: i want to hang upside down from the swing set
0: welcome to we turned out okay with host karen Locke cole
1: i want to climb to the top of that tree and now, here's your host, Karen Locke Cole. Hello, and welcome to episode 246 of We Turned Out OK. This is the show where we are always working to help you change your child's behavior from bad to good, feel happy inside, and truly enjoy the time that you spend with your family. And I'm Karen Locke Cole. I'm your host. I am a child development expert and a parent coach. I do this for a living, folks. I, I teach people how to enjoy their time with their young kids more. And if you're new to the show, welcome, welcome. If you are a returning person who has listened before, welcome up to you too. Um, I am jumping in here in interviews. What I'm doing these days is I am getting in before the interview to tell you, you know, to give you updates on the We Turned Out Okay universe. A couple weeks ago, I was in a flash flood and I shared about that during the break. Um, Usually in an interview format, what will happen is I will do the break, quote unquote, before we get into the show, um, before we get into the interview. And then in the other two kinds of shows that we have, which are just you and me episodes where we're, it's you and me, we're sitting together, we're talking about something parenting related. And then Your Child Explained episodes are where we really dig into the minds of our kids and see what's going on in there and what we can, you know, what we can do to make it better, um, or at least to understand. And in those kinds of shows, the break comes where you would think a break would come, sort of in the middle, because I want to give you the chance to jump into content right away. And, um, and then I, we'll take a break and talk about what's going on in the We Turned Out Okay universe. And the other thing I wanted to mention just before I get into the content of this break is uh, if you're not into breaks, skip it, go ahead, write, write to the interview. I like, I don't want this to impede your, uh, learning, your sense of fun, your, your momentum. Like, um, if you want to stick around and listen to what else is happening in the We Turned Out Okay universe, that's awesome. But if you don't, um, do it your way. Like I always wanted to be a person. Um, so put it this way. I love when you open up a book and it says how to use this book. And basically what it says is, uh read do it read it in any way you want open to whatever page whatever chapter attracts you like that's the kind of um person that i am i also love when they say like you know for the best results you may want to try this but like it, it bothers me when somebody like it just gets my back up right when somebody says to me you must do it in this way there is no other way so um you know, so think about that. You can listen or you can skip on ahead to Diane Hesson. I mispronounced her name. I did. I've, I had only ever read Diane's last name. Um, so I, I feel really bad about that. I, I, um, I kept pronouncing it wrong and, um, it was only, she was so gracious about it. It was only at the end of the show that she said, you know, it's, it's actually pronounced this way. And so anyway, I'm pronouncing it right here. So Diane, if you're listening, uh, I apologize again. And, um, And now I'm pronouncing it right. It's Diane Hessen. And this particular show today is really one that is about the second part of that uh, opening, you know, in the introduction where I say where this is why you're here, right? It's to help you change your child's behavior from bad to good, feel happy inside, and uh, enjoy the time you spend with your family. So this one has to do with feeling happy inside. Because I think as parents, um, it can be really hard to just get out of bed in the morning. It can be really hard to go through the day um in anything but a, a capacity that's just going through the motions. And Diane Hessen has a lot to say about about our inner lives and how um how to keep going and how to how to you know uh, build our lives so that they are good happy lives for us because that that's the only way that we can have happy children is if we're having a happy life ourselves. So so um I today's break is about a couple of things. I got a couple of things I want to talk about. And the first one is um, something that I, I've been, amb- I've actually tried to record this a couple of times now because I haven't really, I want to bring this up, but I haven't been sure exactly how to. So, so uh, the upshot of it is that after 246 episodes and three and a half years, um, We Turned Out OK got its first negative Apple podcast review, first one star review. And um to me, like when I read the review, uh I I do think that this is a person who is reacting to something in their own life and, and so it has less to do with my show and more to do with what's going on in their life. And um and so what I'm what I'm feeling for this person is compassion. I mean, if if you can listen to an episode of my show and it strikes a nerve like that, all, all I can say is uh, gosh, I hope that things get better for you. Uh, this particular e- review was about the, um, the, the episode I did on corporal punishment. And so clearly this is something that this person feels very, very strongly about. And, um, so I do feel a lot of compassion, uh, for you. And, uh, if you're still listening, which, you know, I'm not sure why you would, but if you are still listening, um, I, you know, I, I hope that, uh, that things get better for you and that I can be helpful in some way for that. And, and the, I guess the other reason I wanted to bring it up, so I did want to say that. Um, but then the other thing I wanted to say was, um, it, it, I took a hit <laughs> reading this review and, um, I, I am sad about that. And so if you, I wanted to ask you if you, if you do like the show and you like what I am, um, You know, the advice that I share and, 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 you know, the format that, so I, I've always, I've always in all of my life worked to make the sort of value that I share with people, I and I mean value in terms of like, um, the, the emotion that people feel when, when they meet me be, um, caring, like warm and caring is how I, I want to come across in the world and, um and when you are warm and caring you're also fairly open and so things like this will hurt and um if you want to help me feel better um i, I would really really appreciate a, a positive review um and it- i will link to the to the uh, apple podcast like I will link to my page in in Apple where you could leave that review. Even if you're not in Apple yourself, even if you listen somewhere else, you can go to this page and you can you can write a review. Um, and and just because I see so you know what it is, it's like I'd love to put this negative review somewhere lower down in the reviews, I guess, because right now it's it's the it's the most recent one. It's the thing that comes up. Um, you know, if you're scrolling down, it's the thing that comes up uh last and um you know i i i would just love it if you would um r- return my caring and kindness um with with some sort of caring and kindness of your own and and you know what if it isn't if, it, if it's just too difficult for you to get into Apple or whatever, I know this is really, really frustrating, but just reach out to me on, on the Facebook page or drop me an email, karen at com. Or if you're in our Facebook group or if you are an NPC member, um, just if you could just give me a pat on the back or, you know, a... a a quick hug or whatever. Um, I would really appreciate that. Appreciate that. Just like I would appreciate if you, if you could, you know, if you found it in your heart to leave a positive review, um, on the show, this is how people find the show as well. So, um, so that one negative review has made the show take a hit in terms of rating, you know, like the number of stars. And, um, that's not what I care about so much, except that it, it means that, maybe Apple won't show it to as many people and so if we could work together to like make that be better <laughs> I would really 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 appreciate it um and and yeah that's I guess that's all I have to say about that um and so so thank you for for doing that if you know if you can find it in your heart to do that um so some other things I wanted to talk about on this break are let's see oh so coming up on I am interviewing, I am working with a, a friend of mine, a really close friend who is also a colleague. Her name's Trisha Tricia Tomazzo. She has a master's in special education. She's been a veteran preschool teacher now in the, in the same school where we used, I used to work there too. So she's, she's, I was there for all of my teaching life and she's been there for the last 20 or more years of hers. And, um, she is coming on the show. She's going to be, I'm going to interview her on October the 20th and what we're doing is we are inviting your questions. So if you've got any questions at all about parenting, about children, about development, about school, about working with school, about anything like that, um, send your questions to me, karen at com, or go to the contact page um, or in the Facebook group or on the Facebook page, anywhere you can think of. Um, and I will be posting uh, like a link that basically says, you know, that maybe so in facebook not so much a link but like a a post that says hey you know do you have a question for a a a really super qualified preschool teacher (laughs) ask it you know and um so you can ask there you can as i said you can email me um we're hoping to get some questions. This is probably going to be a repeat segment. So um, in a couple of months, we'll do another one. Maybe in the first quarter of um, 2019, we'll do another one and, and hopefully keep going because you guys are really, really going to benefit from uh, from her expertise. She's an amazing teacher. She, she was a mentor to me when I first started. She came on, I think it was my second or third year and she's just a blast. She's got the cutest and like best voice and the most positive attitude um that you could you could imagine. So I'm also going to interview her. It won't all be questions because I'm going to interview she's got a really cool um and inspiring life story. So um so we'll get to that on October the 20th and then it'll be the next Your Child Explained episode after that. And maybe what I'll call it is Your Child Explained Ask the Experts because um because that's what it'll be really. So uh get your questions in please please please. We got we got we, you know, we really want to take them. I think this would be so cool if we could get a whole bunch of questions. Um, the next thing I wanted to say was I was in a flash flood a few weeks ago and I totaled my husband's car. Well, as my as our son says, the water totaled my husband's car. When I stepped out of the water, I stepped out into water that was at my knees. And um, it was crazy, 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 crazy. So I wanted to give you an update on that. Um, It's been, frankly, a grueling couple of weeks because what happened was the car was pronounced totaled. And um, we have spent the last two weeks sitting in. we have sat in 16 different models of cars. Now, we have probably sat in more like 20 or 25 actual cars because we kept having to try. We, we, you know, we would see a car that was like, oh, it's another Ford, out. not a Ford, Um, another Subaru Outback. So let's go try that, you know. And um, we have finally this just a few days ago uh, actually was was it yesterday or the day before yesterday, we closed on a car. We finally have a replacement car. So like we get our lives back now. Hopefully we haven't picked it up yet. That should be happening this afternoon. Um, but thank you so much for you. Uh, if you have sent hugs, a lot of listeners have um, just gotten in touch to, to say thanks and I'm sorry. And, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff. And um, I just appreciate it so, so, so much. And I wanted to... Um, yeah, just update you on the car situation and hopefully, you know, like this will this has been impacting my life, which means it's impacting the life of the podcast and it's impacting the the people um, you know, who <laughs> like you who are listening and who rely on on advice from me because I haven't been in a place to be as giving as possible. So for example, I uh, couldn't do a video, a YouTube live video last week because because of that, I just couldn't, you know. Um This week's YouTube live video is actually, again, it's not as I I usually try to do a magic words for parents on Mondays and then a different separate YouTube live video on Thursdays. And instead, what I've done this week is I I managed to do the YouTube, the Facebook live um, magic words for parents, but it ended up being on Tuesday instead of Monday because I just couldn't, I just couldn't get there. And, um... I am also posting it in YouTube and I am also embedding it in this week's uh, episode notes. So we turned out okay.com slash 246 will get you magic words for parents, things that you can say when your child tells you, I hate reading. Um, so definitely go check that out. I, um, wanted to give a shout out about where people are listening. So we've had a couple of people uh, telling me that, you know, where they listen. And uh, so we've specifically, we've had Rosa, who is listening on a subway in Tokyo as she is going about her life in Tokyo, Japan. Hello, Rosa. We have got Tish, who is listening uh, as she's commuting to work. And we have got Jen, who is Listening in, I I I can't remember it exactly, but it was the cutest. Um, something like listening as she uh, is is living her life in rural New Jersey, which I just thought was so cute. Um, I don't have all that in front of me because um, I don't have Facebook on any of the devices that I currently have in, in my like in the office where I am recording this, and so um, I can't. I'm not. I don't. I'm not going to pause and leave you guys hanging for. I don't know thirty seconds while I go get that or whatever. So anyway, Jen, Tish, Rosa, thank you so much for listening and for telling us where you listen. Um, you can tell us where you listen as well, just by going to you can you can tell me on Facebook. You can tell me at on Twitter or Instagram where I'm at. We turned out okay. Um, it, and I love think I love knowing where you guys are listening. I just think this is so cool when when people get in touch and shout about that. So um, so please do that. I um wanted to last couple things. Uh, I wanted to just give you an update on, um, that what I, something that I have been working, I've put all of my blood, sweat and tears into while this whole car thing has been going on. I've also been building this, this other thing and it's complete and it is ready for you to go and check out. It is a course called successful potty training under pressure. And it is for you. If you have a child that you you really want to potty train that child and they are just not cooperating. Um, if things are getting real in terms of like you've got uh, a, a preschool situation where they might get kicked out of school, that actually did was happening to um, one of our Ninja Parenting community members. And that's actually was the inspiration for the whole class. I needed... I needed to create something to help this poor mom as she is getting through this, and and the, the result is this. So, um, you can go to weturnedoutok.com dot slash potty course, all one word, uh, to check that out. And I really hope you do, especially if you're if you're struggling with, with this, with this a part of life. <laughs> um, the other way that you could, the other thing you can do if you want to kind of try before you buy is you can go to weturnedoutok.com slash potty. And sign up for, uh, I will share with you lesson one, free and clear. Like there's no strings attached, just lesson one. Um, and that comes in, it'll, it'll be uh, a thing where you'll get the first email has the video. And also I tell a story that I've never actually told on the podcast, but um, I'm telling a story about potty training our kids, like the whole complete story about potty training our kids is you'll get that over several emails um, when you subscribe to get lesson one, um, the video. And you, the other thing you'll get a few emails in is the uh, notes from that episode. So um, so yeah, go to com slash potty for that. All these links, by the way, are in the show notes. So you do not have to write anything down. You can just go and click them right there. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to say was a super huge thank you to Ninja Parenting community members and Patreon people. You guys make this... Uh, you you Well, first of all, you inspire me because um, when you ask questions, I get to create things for you to help. And... Um, Second of all, you are helping me uh, keep the lights on here at We Turned Out Okay. Um, That includes things like I just was able to get the first office chair I've ever purchased. I've been, you know, uh, making my, giving myself like a sort of, cramped and uncomfortable sciatic nerve pain kind of feel um until just a few weeks ago when I was able to purchase an office chair a real honest to god beautiful office chair that I'm so comfortable and it's a bit like a dream really <laughs> and it's possible because of patreon people and npc folks and uh I just I'm so 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 grateful to you um I am if you want to become a patreon patron uh Or an or Ninja Parenting community member, but particularly Patreon patrons, I'm thinking about this because you can join Patreon at like for as little as two bucks a month. And um, I am, when you are supporting me in this way, uh, you know, through Patreon or through an Ninja Parenting community, I am saying thank you by putting you into the, I'm going to, all the sponsors are going to be in. The upcoming Your Child Explained book. Um, so that you know, in the hard copy of this book and in the ebook, your name will go because you helped create that. You know, you're you're a sponsor for, um, for we turned out okay, and also for things like videos and and podcasts and books. And so, as a thank you, I am putting everybody's name, all of my Patreon supporters and Ninja Parenting community members, into this book. Um, there's going to be a special like. Uh, page with, you know, so you're in the credits of, of the book. So if you want to be one of those people, go to weturn.ok.com. No, actually don't <laughs> go to patreon.com slash okay And not only will you get to be in the credits of the book, but you will also get, um, benefits that regular listeners can only dream of. Um, things like I just recorded a, a, an extra magic words for parents video which that's the $2 a month level um so when you when you subscribe to that level you get an extra magic words for parents every month and this one was all about i believe i just want to get this right hold on i'm going to i'm going to grab something right over here there it is thank you for waiting through my silence um so i had to grab something quick just to let me know what what I actually did that because I didn't want to say the wrong thing. So it was what to say when your your family has lost a beloved pet. So these are extra magic words that you can say when your family has lost a pet and um, you're super sad about that and uh, or your child is even if it's like a goldfish that you didn't care too too much about but there there's a very specific set of words you can say to your young child and so um that's what this month's extra magic words for parents was in september there's always a new one coming up you know each month so i haven't recorded october yet but i will by the end of the month and um and yeah and so that might <laughs> i've lost my train of thought so that's what uh, happens over in Patreon. I've got all kinds of levels, you know, at any, whatever level you're comfortable with, including entry into the Ninja Parenting community at one of those levels. So if all that sounds good to you, go to patreon.com slash p-a-t-r-e-o-n P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. And the last thing I want to make sure to mention is that Magic Words for Parents is off this week. So on the 8th, which was Columbus Day, um, I'm not, I, you know, I'm, I'm not able to do it on that day, but it'll be back. So that was yesterday, if you're listening in real time. And it'll be back next week, which is the 15th of October. And I do not have anything written there for that yet. So um, you'll have to wait and see what, what I do. The Magic Words for Parents happen in our Facebook group every Monday at 10.30 a.m. And you ought to come along and check it out. So just you can do that by clicking the link and joining the Wait to Not Okay Facebook group. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this break Uh I am really, really grateful that you're here and I am excited to get you into this conversation. So stay tuned, stick around for my interview with Diane Hessen. You're going to love it. Today's guest brings a lot to our conversation. She raised kids while working full-time. She's an entrepreneur who has started and worked in several different companies. And recently, she's worked on a project that when I heard about it, I knew I needed to get her on the show. Today's guest speaks with voters from across the political spectrum frequently, and she shares what she's learning from them in her columns in the Boston Globe. I can't wait to dig into all of this and more with today's guest. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Diane Hassan. Welcome, Diane
0: Hi there. Nice to be here.
1: It's great to have you. So the first thing actually that I wanted to bring up is is you um did you start help start the, the company called C Space? I was the founder. You yes. were the founder of C so I don't know what C Space does, and I would like to talk about that soon, but I you held uh a couple of hub weeks ago, like so two or three years ago, you guys had a storytelling event. And I was one of the storytellers in that event. And it was oh, that's amazing. super fun. It was such a blast. You must
0: be a great storyteller because we had a lot of people applying. And I guess there were like, semi finals and quarterfinals, yeah. and you know, <laughs> We got to hear all the best people.
1: I mean, not to toot my own horn, but I have won two story slams and, uh, you know, participated in um, several se- a couple semifinals from winning those. And then uh, I'm now a uh, like a a speaker like a I, I professionally tell stories um in a couple of different organizations so i actually got to tell before they went on tv i got to tell at wgbh studios which now they do their it's televised the stories from the stage but um i had a ball i i told just before that happened but it was such a good time so um yeah so so what do you do at what did what did space do like how did you, what did you found it for
0: Well, you know, um, when I found the company, and it still is around. It's just that I decided to turn the reins over to somebody else and move on and do some new things. So think about it. It was 2000 Mm -hmm. and the world was changing. I mean, it's actually hard to imagine right now that it was only 18 years ago, but Mm -hmm. there was this thing called the internet and people were starting to use it. And the pundits were talking about three ways that the internet could be used, content, commerce, and community. So content meant... You're not going to believe this, but someday in the future, you will never need an encyclopedia. I mean, you're going to have all the information in the world at your fingertips. And of course, that pretty much turned out to be true. Yeah. And the second scene was commerce, which is that we're going to buy stuff online. And uh, for your listeners who were around then, you'd remember people were talking about bricks and clicks. Yeah. Like Walmart.com will be bigger than Walmart. And why would anybody want to ever go physically shopping again? That turned out not totally to be true but of course if you just look at amazon and how that's changed our lives you see that commerce and the third c was community and community meant that people were going to have conversations with each other Mm -hmm. and interact online and at the time most of us were doing that largely you know we all had aol accounts we were in chat rooms (laughs) or doing instant messaging There was all kinds of weird stuff like that, and I had a theory that conversation would also apply, um, you know, for businesses, for serious purposes, that Mm -hmm. there would be reasons for people to want to have conversations with each other, and one of the domains where that was particularly the case was in conversations between companies and their customers or consumers. So we built a technology platform that allowed customers to be in continuous contact with consumers so that they could get insight, inspiration, and feedback. Hmm. And that's, that's basically the core thing that the company does. Well, is so that- to leverage the magic of the internet so that, like, why would you want to have a focus group and have 10 people sitting in a room for an hour when you could have many, many more people connected to you all the time?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and put in that context, it makes perfect sense that you would have storytelling events, you know, that, that and that you would be part of an of a of a conference like Hub Week, which is Boston's every year Boston does a, a, a week long celebration of Boston and all the innovative things and you know and people here. So um Oh that's really cool. I'm I'm glad I I uh I'm glad I got to ask about that. Um so what what was where'd you grow up, I guess? That's my first question.
0: I grew up in Norristown, Pennsylvania, which is about 20 miles northwest of Philadelphia. Norristown, when I was growing up, was basically a steel town. We had one company called Allenwood Steel that employed most of the town. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went to the local elementary school, junior high, high school, and then I got this weird idea. Well, I I heard from somebody, I must have looked it up in an encyclopedia when we had those, but... (laughs) I heard that there were tons and tons of colleges and universities in Boston, and I just had this vision of Boston being all people who were ages 18 to 22, and decided I wanted to come up here. and I've had a couple of departures from the city, but pretty much have stayed in Boston ever since.
1: Wow, cool! So, um, I mean, you you fell in love with this place along, you know, quite a quite a while ago. Then did you did you have your family here, like uh, when you had your your children and stuff like that. Was that in the Boston area?
0: Yeah, that was in the Boston area. So uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of my family before that was and still is in Philadelphia and somewhere in Washington, DC, but yeah, I had my kids up here.
1: Oh, Cool. Um, What were your early educational experiences like? Like Um, Well, you know, uh, I think
0: my educational experiences were pretty, traditional public school experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, I was involved in a lot of extracurricular activities. I did not go to a super academically oriented set of schools. Um, most of the people in my high school class didn't go to college or they went to a community college only a few of us went outside of the state. Mm. In fact it's so funny Karen because now if I go back to my I just went to my uh, reunion a few months ago, And it's just not fair because I go back and I see my friends from high school and they all still live in that area. So for me to come, it's kind of exciting because they see each other every day, every week. They're really uh, involved in each other's lives. Mm -hmm. And as a result, they remember so much stuff, you know, that I just don't remember anymore because I've been away. So, um, you know, it's... uh, Pretty much, uh, old town, hometown, USA.
1: That's so interesting. I know we're going to get into this a little bit later in our conversation, but uh, I wonder if it's it's no accident that you you know you grew up in Pennsylvania and here you are uh, talking to voters all across the spectrum. I just think that's so interesting because Pennsylvania, from I mean, from what I've have learned of it or what I feel like I know is that it's a it's a place where there's it's there's a lot of different ideas and attitudes sort of crashing together um mm-hmm. people are caught in different economic circumstances in different uh, ideological uh situations and 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 there's just a lot of i guess turmoil but i don't necessarily mean that in a bad way because you know i think things good things can be produced from that a little bit or from from discussion mm-hmm. you know
0: yeah you know um there's a joke joe biden who is from delaware mm-hmm. pretty close to philadelphia where i grew up used to say that geographically, Pennsylvania has two major cities. On the east side of the state, there's Philadelphia, and on the west side of the state, there's Pittsburgh, and in between, it's Alabama. (laughs) And I always thought that was funny, but it really is true. It's interesting. I mean, lots of states have, you know, a couple of major cities, but it's literally, you've got this sandwich of these two major metropolitan areas, and it's actually pretty suburban and even more so very rural, Mm -hmm. um, right in the middle of the state. And I think that the implications of that are that it's hard to classify Pennsylvania because you have everything Mm. uh, in that state. And uh, there's a lot of pride around that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. Uh, Did you end up, did you end up coming up, did you go to college? And if so, did you go in the Boston area? Did you come up here for that?
0: I did. I went to Tufts, which is um, right outside of Boston. Yeah college. And then after Tufts, I went to Harvard Business School. And then I took a job for like less than a year uh, in New York, uh, working for a consumer packaged goods company. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I decided to get married. And my husband was here in Boston, and he was in the real estate business. So you can't move buildings to another (laughs) city. So I moved from New York back to Boston. And over the years, I've traveled all over the place, especially for business, but I've pretty much been here.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And your kids are now grown, you were saying mm-hmm. before we before we got on the call. Yes, and I'm lucky because they're both here in Boston. Oh, so. that's awesome. Yeah, that was going to be no. my next question is, do you get to see them frequently? Or are you close to them? I do. Oh, that's very cool. I do.
0: For all of your listeners who have little kids, I want you to know that someday your kid is going to call you on the phone and say, hi, mom, do you want to have a drink? <laughs> and just get caught up and it cool. actually does happen.
1: Yeah, so. I, I did it with my folks. I mean, I, you know, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I don't know how you felt about this, but going from the, from, from being the child and, and to moving into being like the adult parent-child relationship it was I mean it definitely had its bumps I guess but I think we're we my parents and I would would all say that we're we're really happy with where we are now you know it's it's good it's good to be able to my mom for example is editing I'm I'm drafting a book and my mom is my editor and um, she is working on her I think this is her fourth book and I get to be her editor so it's just really fun and exciting and um a place I kind of never thought I would would be and uh, I think my mom when I think about like what did she model for me you know so when I was growing up uh, we moved from Montreal Canada when I was three and my dad when we moved down here we had one car we went from the city my mother was always a city girl and uh, we were we lived in very suburban, almost rural Massachusetts, and she did not have a car, so she was at home all day. <laughs> and um, she sort of progressed from that to like she opened a bunch of businesses. She was a caterer for a while. She ran a, a child care center out of our home for a while, and then um, she fell in love with being an author. And I can remember as a teenager being like, "Why does she have to? Why is she paying attention to all this other stuff and not me?" <laughs> mm-hmm. And and once I got older and realized, teenagers would say you lucky
0: <laughs> well <laughs> right? yeah. I don't want a mother who's completely obsessing over me I want to feel a little more independent no
1: that's that's yeah. very very true but it was more like you know I'm home from school and she or actually this didn't happen with me so much but it happened with my uh with my youngest brother where she would put him on the bus I was already in college she'd put him on the bus and um she would sit down to write in her you know nightgown at eight o'clock in the morning with her co- coffee and the next thing she knew my my brother was arriving home from high school and sh- and he's like you know you're still in your pajamas and she's like what are you doing home it's you can't and she'd spent all day like that and what happened was like the sort of typical motherly duties or the house homemakers duties weren't weren't getting done and and I can remember being like come on like I gotta help you in this catering business and I don't there's nothing in it for me kind of a thing, except the, except for the, whatever, the the happiness of helping. But now that I am an adult and I've got, one of my sons is 18. He was actually born in 2000. Um, I, and we've sort of cultivated this relationship all along. It's been really good. I think my, my mother as a model for how to like do things besides parenting was a really important, important part of my life, mm-hmm. you know? um do you have so if you have that's how you became a storyteller I mean
0: your mother is an author she's done four books now we know where it came from Exa- right?
1: exactly yeah yeah and uh and oh, god I remember it's funny because I didn't think of it this way at the time but I can remember the pride in her voice when I when I called her up one day and I was like so I'm gonna I'm gonna write something how did you like how did you know to talk to the people that you needed to talk to like, for example, in, in one of her books, somebody gets murdered. So there's a there's a police investigation. I said, How did you find how did you know to go to them? And like, how did you know what that was like? And she says, Oh, I just called up a police uh, you know station. And I asked, <laughs> I was like, wow like it had never wow, that's so magical I know this thing. <laughs> yeah, right? so just it's just the model of like if you want something you got to reach for it and even if it's even if it's talking to the police station about how they investigate murders for your book you know you gotta you gotta do that so so you were a full-time you worked full-time while you're while your kids were young Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that you kind of wanted to discuss or bring to our conversation was what that was like <laughs> for mm-hmm. you. And for what was it? What was it like for you? And what do you think it was like for the girl? Or, were they both girls? Both girls. Yeah. yeah. What was it like for them as well? Well, you know, here's the thing. I
0: don't really know what it was like. Um, you know, compared to what it would have been like if I stayed home, because I didn't. Yes. True. <laughs> um. You know, I think when you're a mom, whether you work or not, you put one foot in front of the other, you know, you read a couple of books, but most of it is improvisation. You know, you do your best. And um, I think, you know, then you have a second child and you think, well, I'm going to have I've mastered the entire thing now. And then you go, oh, well, this kid is completely different. So I need. New strategies or whatever else. So I think we all figured it out. Um, One of the things that really helped me was I was absolutely crystal clear that I was going to work full time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I see if you're really clear about that, or if you're really clear that you're not going to work full time outside the house it's actually pretty straightforward because you set up your life then to work that way. Where Mm -hmm. I see friends that are really struggling is when you're trying to do both. You're like doing some freelance work or you're working part time and you're trying to be a good employee and you're trying to be a good mom and you feel like you suck at both. Like all of it. Right. So um, for me, knowing that I was going to work full time, uh, I set up my life to make it work. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I hired um, a nanny. I had uh, been in business for a while. I had hired dozens of employees. I thought, okay, this is going to be the most important hire I ever make. Yeah. So I kind of knew how to interview people, what kinds of questions to ask. You know, I mean, I just kind of worked it through that way. And I always had really great child care. Yeah. I think that helped. I think a second thing that helped is that I had great friends. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I, when, um, when I talk to friends who are working full-time, I always say to them, do you have two or three moms who are home, who are your partners in crime? Right. Like we'll pick up the phone and call you and say, you know, there's a bake sale tomorrow. And you know, I don't know if you got the message about it, but I'm making cookies. And do you want me to double the recipe? Oh, you, know, awesome. yeah. you just feel like you're going to burst into tears. Yeah. You know, you're so grateful. And uh, I had moms who would do that. I remember once when um, my younger daughter was in junior high and one of the moms, whose name is Margie, picked up the phone and she called me and she said, Diane, you probably don't even know this, but Amanda was my daughter. And Whitney, who is her daughter, have the worst guidance counselor in the entire school. And it's making me crazy. So, tomorrow I'm going in and I'm going to scream and yell at the head of guidance. And I want to know do you want me to scream and yell for Amanda too? So, of course, Amanda and Whitney ended up having the best guidance counselor in the entire school, thanks to Margie. And you know, women doing this. I just can't tell you. I mean, there were times when women were so generous to me that I just thought I was going to start crying. Wow. That's awesome. Later on, 10 years later, you hire their daughters. Yeah. Right. I mean, it it does come around. Um, You know, uh, I, with, with those daughters of ma and sons of moms who were really helpful to me, I've done career counseling. I've written them recommendations for college. I've hired them. I mean, you know, you just build up this sense of, you know, wanting to do everything possible at this stage of their life to help these kids in a way where I can. Yeah. Yeah. Just like these moms did that before. So that was a really big deal. And, you know, Karen, I think that um, the other thing that I learned uh, I actually learned this from an administrative assistant to a client that I had. We stopped one day, he was late in a meeting. She said, you want to grab a cup of coffee? And the two of us were talking about how hard it is to like run out of the house in the morning and try to figure out how do you get dressed and how do you get in the car? And what are you doing with your kids? And uh, she said to me, you know, here's what I figure. I figure I owe my kids a happy mother. Mm-hmm. And um. That really stuck with me. I mean, I I think about that a lot, but that was 25 years ago that an admin person in just a very random way said to me, I think what I owe my kids a happy mother. And so I think what we all need to do sometimes is to say, you know, what can we do in our lives to not make something up, but to really uh, create a life and, and create situations as much as possible where our children look at us and say... You know, I feel secure because I have a mom who is happy mm-hmm. or fulfilled or doing something interesting or whatever. And of course, look, we all have our days when we're unhappy and we're unfulfilled and we're doing something super boring yeah. and we're having a bad day. The thing that's amazing to me is that when your kid is five or six, they know that. Just like now when my daughters are 31 and 29, the last thing they want to do is to sit around and worry that, oh my gosh, maybe mom's not okay. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And so, um, you know, each of us has different needs. Each of us has different sets of priorities, different opportunities. And I think it's really about just trying to figure out how you create a situation in which your children can say, part of growing up in a happy home you know, is living with people who are
1: happy with their lives. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that is so true. And like that makes me think of my mom as well, because I mean, she, she was in her element when she was planning, you know, a a, a big catering job or she was, you know, planning her next book or something like that. Um, and mm-hmm. and I, I mean, I can remember on the flip side of it for me. So, um, I longtime listeners will know that I have a, a tendon disorder, and um, and Diane, I, 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 I you were able to read about that, right? Yeah, yeah. um, in the I, I send a little uh, info sheet to you know to guests, and and I I say if you're interested, here's the story of how we turned out okay got started, and one of the I would say the reason that we have we turned out okay, which is now three years and 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 continuing, is because I got this debilitating tendon disorder um when I was forty when I turned forty, and. I, I went through periods of being unable to walk. I went through periods where I, I could barely use my hands. I had very little practical use of my hands. And um, after one of those periods, or after this, once I was regaining the use of my hands, so probably about, I guess it was probably about three years ago now, we thought, you know what, let's do, let's get a dog. Uh, because <laughs> because our, our boys have been you know they've been begging for a dog for so long let's adopt a dog and and we spent a good long you know probably four or five six months looking for the right dog and when we found that dog it was actually two dogs two dogs who were tiny and adorable they were shipu so they were part shih tzu and part poodle and um oh, wow. they were they That's were siblings nice oh they were so sweet i mean they were just the most adorable dogs they were just about a year old um And so we, we adopted them and, uh, almost right away I started having, uh, like my, my disorder is stress related. So I started having issues with that. So I started to get sore, but also, um, they weren't, they, they threw up, they were not potty trained the way that they, you know, we had expected them to be, uh, they, they were like toddlers that never would not be toddlers. And then one of them got sick and, and there were medical bills that we just hadn't foreseen. I mean, like it, it was all piling on. So in the first by the time we'd had these dogs for about three weeks, I I was back oh. to like almost no use of my hands and and very, very anxious and fearful that like my life was forever going to be looking after these two doggy toddlers. And and um and the day that we needed to tell our sons that these dogs we just adopted, we were now giving up. Um, basically it was it was a really really hard day it hurt Um, but what got us all through it was the idea that um, that a you know you we need mom to be happy like if mom isn't well this isn't going to work at all and and it's much more important to have mom be well than to have Two dogs, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then the, the next thing that we did, um, <clears throat> which I'm forever grateful to my my therapist for, is we asked the kids if they would be part of finding new new owners for the dogs, and they they took that wholeheartedly. And you know, they we were like, we need you to vet these people,
0: mm-hmm. and um,
1: and the dogs ended up being adopted by people who live like five minutes away, and we can see them whenever we want, mm-hmm. and it's been it's been so special. But it all started with this idea of mom needs to be happy. If mm-hmm. if one of us isn't happy in our family, then profoundly unhappy, not just for a day or whatever, but profoundly unhappy, we need to do something about that. And I think that was a hard lesson for the boys. But I also think it was an important one, you know, that mm-hmm. sometimes we have to do things we really hate to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, right. yeah, so, so <laughs> I I think, you know, what I love about all of our conversation right now is that it's, 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 I think it's really reassuring for a listener out there who is in the thick of it, who can't even imagine what it would be like, you know, to 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 be on time for work and 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 who has either uh, you know, loves their job or has some kind of creative drive that they want to keep doing, but yet they're also raising little kids and and I think to hear from you, you know, with your experiences um is really helpful for that, you know. Sometimes people just need to hear, like, here's how I did it. And I know it may not be the same way, but you'll find a way, right? right?
0: You do find a way. I'll tell you how we know that. We know that because men find a way. (laughs) Um, I have really learned that. I've really learned that from my male friends. You know, I think as women, we're really trained to think about Mm trade-offs. Like somebody will say, well, you know, will you be a good mom or will you work? Mm-hmm. Will you um, will you get all those errands done, or will you go to the gym? Yeah, you know, will you spend your life being you know some um, unapologetic profit driven capitalist, or will you do good and give back to the community? I mean, there are all these and there are all these ors. Yeah, and um, what I've learned from my male friends is to take that word or and just throw it out. And I, I have a big sign in my office, which I turn around and show you, but it's, you know, in the wrong direction that says and, um, you know, you can be a good mom and, you know, work on your creative enterprise, whatever it is. Yeah. You can, you know, do all of those other things and, and, and that doesn't mean you can do it every day. That doesn't mean you don't stumble and all of that. But I think men have been using the word and for a really long time. I think it's extremely empowering uh, to be able to do that. And sometimes it just kind of gives you a new boost of energy, which is that, you know, I'm not going to worry about doing one or the other. I'm going to figure out how to make this happen. You now, sometimes mm-hmm. that means staying up till two o'clock in the morning. Yep. Sometimes it means pissing somebody off. Um, you know, there are all different ways to do that. But I think stopping that whole thing that, you know, life is either or, either, or let's make all the trade-offs is just something that keeps women back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, have you ever heard of a book called, oh my goodness, the author's name is T- T- Tim Arnold and the book is called, I'm not going to remember what it's called, but it is about exactly this, this idea that like we, uh, we tend to view things in a polarity kind of way, you've either got this or you've got that, and you know you can't either breathe in or breathe out. <laughs> you need mm-hmm. both of those things, um, and and so when you when you look at something in a in a way that where you have the word and instead of the word or, as you say, you mm-hmm. end up with. Um, a lot more options. You end up with choices that you didn't think that you could have. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and just I mean, just from our own lives right now. Like I, I got into a flash flood. I, I was caught up in a flash flood last week during mm-hmm. the re- the remnants of Hurricane Florence. And um, after all the terrifyingness was over, uh, you know, and we were we were all okay. I was okay. Everybody's all right. Um we realized that the car was totaled uh, you know mm-hmm. so then the insurer said basically said okay your car is totaled and um my boys go to school in Dedham so it's about an hour away from us they go to a school in the North Star model which is this really really innovative exciting model for education secondary education and um we had been thinking that w- w- our, one of them especially wants to go full time over there which is 4 days a week and it's an hour away I've got hands that don't allow me to do that drive more than once a day if that, I mean, you know, more than once a day, a couple times a week, and so we had, we had been looking for a third car, and <laughs> now we're back down and <laughs> looking for. So there's been a lot of like, well, we can't have that, like a lot of this or that, and um, just today, really, we we learned that there's an and here that we weren't thinking about, and um, so it's it's likely that he will be able to go full time even. Even in the midst of all, even in the aftermath of all this. So just, you know, it, but if you don't look for it, if you say, oh, it's this or that period end of story, if you don't look for it, you won't find it. And that's, that's hard, you know, so you want to yeah. make sure to look for it. That's, that's yeah. like such good advice. I
0: think, um, you know, technology really helps us also. One of my friends um, who you sh- should actually have on your show is a woman named Sharon Khan, And Sharon has started a company called Pepperlane mm-hmm. and um, people can look it up online. But Pepperlane okay. is a technology platform that connects, that connects women with other women. Um, and everybody has a way of using and bartering and uh, selling their special mm-hmm. skills online. So like, you know, she's got hundreds and hundreds of women doing this now. But essentially, you know, there could be another mom in your area that would be absolutely fine driving your kid back and forth yeah. once out of the day. Yeah. And in return for that, Maybe she needs help, you know, writing something. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe her kid needs help writing something or whatever. And if you say, well, gee, I could tutor, but I can't cook. Well, gee, I can cook, but, you know, I don't have time to go out and buy somebody a present. And I've got this friend who is online, who lives 10 minutes away, who makes quilts. I mean, they're all... So learning how to leverage each other's skills mm-hmm. and really kind of be part of the community and ask other people for help is very often part of the breakthrough and how you get that
1: done. I love it. Yeah, very mm-hmm. very true. I, I will uh, I will look up Pepper Lane. Is it is it K A H N Sharon Khan? Khan is K A N K A N. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, I'll just make yeah it like that. Uh, can you? I, I would love to talk a little bit about the essays that you've been writing for the globe. And, mm-hmm. and I'm so curious about, I mean, how did this idea come up? Actually, I, I, probably what would be best is if you explain the idea a little bit better than I have. And I would love mm-hmm. to hear about how this idea was born even. <laughs>
0: okay. Sure. Well, let me go back a couple of years. So I told you what Communispace, space, which is now called C space does, yep. which is that we have this technology that allows brands to talk to their consumers. So over the 14 years that I ran the company, and we had you know, 12 offices, 500 employees, et cetera, I learned a lot about traditional market research. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot about how you get people to come online and be engaged and be really, really honest and helpful to brands. Because the way that we used to do this was that we would build these online communities. Um, where members of the community would essentially serve as advisors. So, for instance, um, our first client ever in November of 2000 was Hallmark. Oh. And Hallmark uh, had us build for them an online community of 300 stay-at-home moms and um, who were there to basically be advisors to Hallmark about how to grow their company into the future. Like, think about the issues that they're dealing with. They were worried that no one was ever going to send physical cards again. Mm -hmm. We can go into it. And they were thinking maybe they should be in the creativity business. These moms came up with more product ideas and merchandising ideas, ways to make the stores more engaging, things to do with the Hallmark website, et cetera. And they're still talking to those moms. Wow. So they became, you know, through the magic of the internet, guess what? You don't have to, like, send a survey and say thank you very much or do a poll or do a focus group. So community Space now has, like, 300 clients. They're all mostly major brands, Coca-Cola, Disney, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And they're all trying to understand their consumers. So I learned a lot about how you do that Mm -hmm. and basically had an opportunity um, two years ago to take what I had learned about understanding consumers and parlay that into um, helping the Clinton campaign understand undecided voters Mm -hmm. in swing states. I have a friend who was high up there. He asked me for some ideas. He said they had a lot of information about what people were thinking, but not necessarily why. And I just started saying, well, you have to do A, B, C, D, E. All of a sudden there I was, you know, kind of working for this, um, uh, for this campaign. Mm-hmm. So, um, fast forward, I did that for about five months. Mm-hmm. And at the end, I, it was extremely fun, uh, frustrating at times. Mm-hmm. There were times that I thought I was going to pull my hair out. There are other times it was really fun, but I had not had a lot of experience working on understanding voters. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, learned a lot there. And then when the campaign was over, I thought, okay, I'm going to go back and get another CEO job. And while I was doing all of those interviews, um, I decided to document, to just write down uh, what I had learned. And so I wrote an op-ed for the Boston Globe. I said, here's what I've been doing. Here's what I've learned. Here's what I think it means. And uh, you can find that article. It's from uh, November of 2016. It was called Understanding the Undecided Voter. And it was all about how, according to my data, everything fell apart for the Clinton campaign right after Hillary said that she would put half of Trump voters into a basket of deplorables.
1: Oh, yes. The, the famous and, uh, basket of
0: deplorables. Coming. I yes. wrote that article and it went viral. And I think the reason it went viral, I mean, now that I look at it, it was a good article. But uh-huh. I think the reason it went viral is that the Globe published it the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. And if you think back to that time, that's when everybody was worried about going home for Thanksgiving because they thought yeah. they were gonna get bites with their and,
1: Yep, yep. So
0: all of a sudden I had all these opportunities to go on CNN, MSNBC, talking to national publications and everything. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm making more of a difference now than I yep. did even during the campaign. Yeah. So, rather than taking a job, I decided to do this portfolio life where I would uh, join a bunch of boards, which I did do, and spend a lot of time working with startups, which is really my passion. Mm -hmm. And then I spend about a third of my time, uh, I recruited an entirely new group of voters. So, I now have 500 voters from all over America all ends of the political spectrum.
1: Wow. I mean, I
0: have people who are still crying that Hillary Clinton didn't win. Mm-hmm. I have people who think Donald Trump is the greatest president in the history of America. Wow. Everything in between. Yeah. I've got every state, every age, every ethnicity, and I've been basically talking to all these people since December of 2016. Wow. Trying so to, to next- understand how they feel, looking for common ground, trying to kind of get you know to the why of the way they feel uh and these people are unbelievable they know who I am they know I don't judge them Mm -hmm. um and uh I've done about mm, 20-25 op-eds for the Boston Globe just about things that I think are really interesting that I've learned by trying to talk to voters, but it's mostly because I, what what I learned when I was running Communism space about how you understand consumers. Yeah.
1: So what, what are some of what are some of the, uh, the, the points or I, I suppose, or the op-eds or the columns that, that stand mm-hmm. out for you?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I love all my children equally. <laughs> I, um, I guess, are there you any know, I, ideas? You I know? think in general, I think that there's way, way more common ground in our country than we would think. Mm -hmm. You know, I think Congress is very divided and a lot of our media is divided or at least has their own point of view. Mm -hmm. And as a result, I think we all have in our heads that we've got these two Americas Mm -hmm. and that we don't really agree with each other. And yet I've found lots of common ground. I mean, there's common ground on immigration. There's common ground on health care. There's common ground on gun control. There's mm-hmm. common ground on a lot of areas, you know, where you wouldn't think there is. And that doesn't mean there aren't areas that divide people and everything. But, you know, I think two-thirds of the country could sit in a room, you know, for a day and solve most of the problems that we have. But we don't think...
1: that That can happen yeah because a lot
0: of who we listen to is is telling us otherwise so i think that's really inspirational so no matter what i'm asking people about that's part of what i'm doing i'm just looking for the common ground
1: yeah which i love I, i actually i linked to um well i'm going to first of all i'm going to link to your november the initial the november 2016 initial understanding the undecided voter um but i i uh just you know in my research today i found an article of yours called um, "The Problem Isn't How We Feel About Trump, It's How We Feel About Each Other," mm-hmm. and I just I found this absolutely fascinating. And I, you know, I'm I'm not going to sit here and read the whole thing, right? Because, <laughs> but I'm going to link to it. And um, I think what what blew me away most is 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 the echo chamber that we can live in, mm-hmm. you know, and how an article like this really gets at the at the heart of not how, how important it is to get out of that echo chamber, but also how to, um, how to view somebody else who is standing right across from you or sitting right across from you who, you know, like, so we're homeschoolers and we've been homeschooling since we've been homeschooling now for 11 years. Um, my boys go to the school, but it's, it's, a it's almost like a community college for high school students. So they, they choose their days, they choose their classes. If you could have a homeschooling or an unschooling kind of experience in school, this is it. It's pretty great. Um, but we've been doing this now for 11 years. And uh, when we started, it was a very small community of of people. And we all came to it with very different um, religious, political uh, backgrounds. Um, you know, came from different places in the world. And, and we, the great thing about it is, if we weren't going to be friends with the, these people around us, we weren't going to have any friends. So we mm-hmm. needed to, if our kids were going to, we're going to meet people and and hang out on the playground and take classes together and, and, you know, play pickup baseball and stuff like that. These were the people they were going to do it with. And, um, we didn't, we, we, it made us less able to sort of choose to stay in our own echo chamber. We had to leave that if we wanted to be social in any way. And of course everybody wants to be social, you know, you, you want to have friends and talk to people. And, um, I, I have found it absolutely, fascinating and and really cool the connections that I've made with people not just with homeschooling but with people who who in theory I shouldn't be able to be friends with you know what I mean because our views are so different and um and I I guess my point was just that that I think it's so neat that you are you're writing these columns and and showing everybody like how even if you don't live in the same place even if you uh you know have very different views on things you can still We can't do this without each other. Mm -hmm. I guess that's, I guess that's what I'm thinking about. Um, and how we feel about each other makes that, uh, if we feel good about each other (laughs) and and open to that idea, it's going to be a much better thing. Right.
0: Yeah. I also think we make assumptions. Yes. We make assumptions about other people. So, I mean, I'll give you, I'll give you an obvious one. If you, if your listeners, if you just close your eyes and you say, I want you to picture a Trump voter. Most people picture, you know, some fat, unemployed white guy uh, with a red cap. Mm-hmm. And um, I will tell you, there are tons of women who voted for Trump. There are people of all ages, you know, all colors, etc. And I think we just, you know, we've got all these stereotypes, and not only do we stereotype who people are, mm-hmm. but we stereotype what they believe and why, and when we get intellectually lazy, we go, well, you know, he feels that way because he's racist, Uh huh. and um, I can't tell you the number of times I've kind of, you know, listened to somebody, and I thought, oh my gosh, here, I thought that that person was being racist, and they weren't at all, or here, I thought they were being sexist, and they weren't at all, so I think sometimes, you know, it really, really helps just to say, okay, no judgment. Mm -hmm. Tell me how you feel about this and why and really, really try to understand. And I I think most of the time when you do that, you're totally surprised. And it really starts with what you learn. And that doesn't mean that I agree with absolutely everything I hear from everybody. I mean, there are a ton of uh, liberals in my group of 500 that I don't agree with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I used to think I was a liberal. Now I'm pretty sure that I'm a moderate because there's stuff that liberals say and I think to myself, oh my gosh, you've got to be kidding. Yeah. So I just think it's fascinating. And for me, of the 500 people who I'm talking to on a daily basis, I would say that I love 490 of them. Wow. I mean, these people are. I give them nothing in return. Yeah, uh, All I give them is an ear. Yeah. And real curiosity about what they think. People love feeling heard. People love. I mean, some people give me their opinions and, you know, it's absolutely fascinating uh, to be able to do that. So it's a privilege for me, you know, to be able to do it. And I've done everything. I've done how people feel about, you know, football players taking a knee, how people feel about what happened in Charlottesville, how Mm -hmm. people feel about you know, gun control, how yeah. people feel about, you know, what the deal is with Trump rallies and why people go and why they have such a good time and how it's a lot like high school. So, um, you know, I, I love learning the stuff that surprises me.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I love too that it all starts with asking a question. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think Um, I, a long time ago, my parents live in Colorado. Um, they retired out there when my dad retired, basically when my folks retired. And, um, there's this like newspaper, it's a free newspaper that you get. I forget what it's, I think it's called the summit daily. And, um, there was a column in there by this guy named Biff America, who uh, was a DJ. And he's just he's like a well known kind of local curmudgeonly, but also like beloved guy. And he one time ran a column while I was visiting, and it was called Take a Blockhead Out to Lunch. Uh And the point was, um, the idea was that, you know, you would I think he was using blockhead facetiously in a, in a way that I wouldn't necessarily, but I loved his point, which was go and talk to somebody who doesn't agree with you and, and just, say, just don't treat them badly. Just say like, so I'm really interested. I just need to know. I, I really want to understand genuinely why why you feel that way. And mm-hmm. and um, I it's so interesting to me, too, because it comes back. I mean, I feel like we're coming back a little bit full circle with kids because we often forget that the best way to help a, a child uh of any age really um like feel better is to is to say you know what's going on can you can you tell me what's what's going on like why is you can't say why with kids very often because kids kind of just go because or they melt down or whatever but if you say like i see that you're feeling frustrated like your hands are clenched you've got a really angry face um what's happening what's going on why do you feel that way and and when they feel heard and they trust you to not judge that, not to say something like "Oh, you know, like don't worry about that" or uh, "or that's not what you should be focusing on" or some some typical thing that a parent might say. If you can avoid that and and start a real conversation about uh, the whatever is bugging the child, then you've got a relationship going that is going to transcend that particular issue or concern. Mm-hmm. Did, did you yeah. did you have conversations like that with your daughters?
0: Yeah, you know, I think they've kind of grown up with it. I mean, obviously for the for a long time now I've been kind of in that business. I mean, I I think it's also, you know, most of the time uh, professionally I've been in the marketing field. And if you think about it, look at how marketers think you're supposed to market. It's like talking at people. Yes. Let's do another ad. Let's just go blah 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 blah. And I think You know, in business, listening is a really, really underrated marketing strategy. I mean, for every dollar that you spend on really, really trying to understand the people who do business with you, you know, it pays off in spades rather than just constantly shouting off. Yeah, just to
1: ask. Same sort of thing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So our time is is quite short. Um, And I I do feel like we've touched on this, but I wanted to specifically ask um, how talking to these voters, these 500 people, has it maybe even changed but influenced your life like your everyday life has has what have the changes been like for you have there been any you mean just from talking to these people yeah 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 mm-hmm. i i can't um, imagine going through something like that without it profoundly impacting you i guess yeah well
0: look just to bring the conversation full circle yeah i mean you know my life's worked out really well. I've ended up being really successful. I went to great schools. I built a bunch of great businesses. Uh, i'm sixty three now. I still feel like I'm kind of in the prime of my professional life. so mm-hmm. I'm just so grateful for the way everything turned out. And uh, you know sometimes you forget where you came from. uh-huh. I mean you forget um, you forget not being able to make ends meet, yeah. You forget saying, gee, I want to go to camp, and your mom showing you kind of a two-by-two two piece of grass and saying, that's camp. Yeah, yeah. You know, you forget um, you forget what really matters in life because you're so busy uh, just kind of getting through the day and getting through your to-do list. So I think, if anything, it's made me more thoughtful. It's made me more appreciative of people who you know are different from me it's made me I think quieter you know more curious uh, rather than you know feeling like I need to be an expert all the time so um, you know I, I think it's been a very I think it's been a very transformational experience for me wow. you know and has it changed my politics eh, you know not really I actually do think I'm more moderate than I originally thought I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and my voters all know how I feel about things, because the only way that they are willing to be candid with me is if I tell them how I feel. Yeah, exactly. And, um, one of the things I've learned is that although I'm personally not a fan of our president, you have to distinguish between how you feel about the president and how you feel about the people who voted for him and supported him. Yeah. Because... Everybody has different lives. And the stuff that makes me crazy is like, ah, you voted for Donald Trump, then you must be an awful person. Oh, you voted for Hillary Clinton, then you must be as awful and corrupt as she is or whatever. I mean, how we vote is not who we are. Yeah. And I think we forget that in in, in our country these days. Yeah. That's what I
1: learned. Wow. That is, I, I got goosebumps just oh, hearing you oh, talk. Man. I mean, it's so, it's so true. And and if we, if you think about like where our listener is in her, in, you know, her life or his life and how you do have, we do have these concerns, you know, like, and it's so, it's, it can be so easy to, to not, remember it really what it comes down to it sounds like is empathy you know Mm -hmm. to really be able to place yourself in the mind of somebody who isn't you and see Mm in and 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 try and appreciate and understand where they're coming from and how they feel and that works great Mm -hmm. with children and I mean I think it works great with with everybody you know with 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 all of us with each other yeah it
0: does work it does work great um it absolutely works great as a parenting strategy whether you have really little kids you know or or whether your kids are older i remember once you know like the process of having your kids apply to college is the most stressful thing Mm -hmm. i remember once driving my daughter crazy like you know what about this or do you want to do your applications or how come you're not excited about you know blah 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 and i remember her looking at me and saying mom do you know what it is like to be me? <laughs> my teachers, my principal, my guidance counselor, my friends, my friends, parents, my neighbors, all anybody wants to talk to me about is college. I'm so sick of it. Wow. Like if you never talked to me about college ever again, I would still feel so pressured and so wow. stressed from the entire experience. And You know, I didn't realize that. I was like into my own thing. Yes. Where I thought a responsible parent should like make sure that she was thinking about her applications or whatever it was. Be on top of this or whatever. But in fact, I totally lost how much incredible, totally unreasonable, totally ridiculous, unnecessary pressure she and her friends were under. I mean, as it turned out, guess what? Everybody who wanted to get into college got in. It was amazing, cool. <laughs> even if they
1: didn't have good grades, yeah. even yeah. if they
0: weren't perfect,
1: So even all if they didn't these...
0: show up to class on time and do 500 extracurricular activities.
1: So all these external pressures, your
0: podcast, they all turned out fine. But you know, <laughs> I had in my head that what a good mother would do was something really different from what I would have done had I known what it was like to be walking in my kids' shoes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So true. What a what a great what a great lesson. What a great thing to take from our conversation today. Uh, it has been a pleasure speaking with you, Diane Hassan. I've I've enjoyed this so very much. Um, I think listeners really resonate with a message of hope like yours because you speak with people who appear to be so divided, but in reality, and as you have said today, are much closer in their thinking than maybe we would assume. You know, mm-hmm. got to look beyond your assumptions. And I just want to say thank you for finding your, you know, for sharing your insights with us. It was really good to to have you on.
0: My pleasure.
1: Uh, you can find Diane Hassan on Twitter and I didn't write down your Twitter name is it is it is it D Hassan? It's Hassan, it's Diane Hassan. Oh, oh, you know, so like, just my name. Yeah. Which
0: is D I A N E H A S S A N. Really easy to find me. Yeah. And you know if people are interested in reading articles um, you know if you just google my name and Boston Globe you know you probably get 15 articles to, to show up right there
1: i'm gonna link to several uh of the ones that we've talked about today because they're just so cool um hessen diane hessen i'm so sorry i've, I've gotten yeah, all this the whole interview talking you, you know have done much months. worse
0: <laughs> that's good yeah, I'll be much worse.
1: So you can find Diane Hessen, as she just said, on Twitter, and I will link to columns in the Boston Globe. Um, you can find me on Twitter as well. I have recently learned that you can change your name on Twitter. So for for years, my name has been Stone Age Techie, and I just changed it to at we turned out okay. So I'm very excited because like, it, you know, if you want to find me, it's really easy now. It's not uh, some stupid, complicated name that nobody knows. So go to Twitter and, and find us both and tell us what you thought of our conversation today. Um, and I also would love it if people would get in touch to share where are you listening to to we turned out okay and like you know what insights you've learned in general while listening so go to we turned out okay.com contact or karen at we turned out okay.com and thank you so much for listening today if you got something out of the show please give us a quick rating and review um, share it with a friend and be sure to subscribe And I finally got a special thanks today to our producer, the man who is working alongside me for that holy grail of great work-life balance, the 21-time winner of the Husband of the Year Award, Benjamin Culp. Thank you again so much for listening, and we will see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to We Turned Out Okay. I want to dig to Australia. Find us on the web at weturnedoutok.com, where you'll find show notes and more. What do you call cheese that's not yours? Nacho cheese. And remember, we only go around once. To be the best parents we can be, let's relax and enjoy the ride. I pee in the woods,
1: theater theater theater